All right, I'm going to invite my uh, helpers here to bring the map up on stage. When we talk about vision, we are going to look at our mission field. So we got a few guys who are going to bring the map up on stage here. And you can open up your Bibles to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. We are going to recap our series in the book of Acts today, which we just finished last weekend. And we're going to preview the new series that's starting in a few weeks. We're going to look in here, and we're going to look out there. Now go ahead and bring it right back here, guys. We want to leave a little bit of room for the worship team when they come back up. And uh, thank you very much. Appreciate it. We're going to start by talking about in here. Thank you guys very much. We'll start by talking about in here, and then we will get to the map out there after that. But last year we launched a 1,000-day vision Easter Sunday. This vision has two parts, in here and out there. Every 100 days, we stop what we're doing, and we look back, and we look ahead. We recast the vision, and we invite you, that's right, you, to catch a vision for the future of how God can use you in here and out there. So we're going to focus on looking back, looking ahead during the sermon today. After the service, we have another 10-minute update for our members and our regular tenders. It's built into our time frame, so don't worry. Your kids will be fine, and uh, you're not going to stay longer. We're actually going to uh, end the service a little shorter. But if you're a member regular tender or even those online, stay after for 10 more minutes because we have an update for you on missions, including Pastor Alex and Mark and Sarah. We have an update on stewardship and also on some vital signs in the church. So stay after for that update as well. Now, when it comes to our recap of the book of Acts and what's been going on in here, I want you to write this down, number one. In here, we are becoming a holy, healthy, and humble spiritual community. In here, we are becoming a holy, healthy, and humble spiritual community. And as we look in here, one of the greatest ways that that's happening is through our series in the book of Acts. We're going to learn from them in a moment. And as we recap, we don't want to let go of the lessons that we heard. But when it comes to our vision in here, I want you to hear that it all, it all comes from the reality that Jesus is alive right now. Do you believe that? Jesus is alive in glory, ruling heaven and earth right now. He's alive. And if you are a Christian, a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, he is alive in you. And the Holy Spirit is among us. Therefore, when we gather in here, we expect God to transform us, to encounter us, to, to move us forward. That's where our entire vision for becoming holy and healthy and humble stems from. It's from Jesus being right here, right now. So let's pray, and then we'll talk about in here and out there. Jesus, we invite you to be the energizing force, the person who is growing us internally as a church. And we ask you to be the one, O oh Lord, who gives us a bright, bold, God-sized vision for how we can impact our neighborhoods, our city, state, nation, and the whole world with the gospel. Lord, we commemorate everything you've done so far leading up to today, and we call out to you and ask for great things that we could never plan or accomplish for the future. So Lord, meet us here today on Vision Sunday. We pray this in your name. Amen. All right, so in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, we'll read that. 
It says here in Acts 2, 42, And they, the believers, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. This is one of two portraits of a holy, healthy, humble, spiritual community in the New Testament. And we have to devote ourselves to becoming a church like them. If not, we are going to become a broken church that doesn't help people, but we end up hurting people. We asked this question when we launched our Thousand Day Vision. What is wrong with the church today? What is wrong with the church today? The three major words that we throw out there that we've discovered is the church today is worldly and divided and haughty. The church today is worldly and divided and haughty. And our church will become worldly and divided and haughty if we don't commit to becoming holy, healthy, and humble. Herb Cain once said this, the trouble with born-again Christians is that they are an even bigger pain the second time around. <laughs> hey, each one of us has a choice every Sunday. When we come to church, are we going to be part of the team that is saying, we want this to be a place where Christ is exalted. We want this to be a place where we're united. We want this to be a place where we're really getting low and serving each other. If we don't make that commitment, sin's going to take care of itself and it's going to take over everything. You see how it takes intentionality. I like what Pastor Bob says, the Christian life is like roller skating up a mountain. There's no such thing as standing still. So if you're just going to coast in and hope before you got here, someone built for you a holy, healthy, humble congregation that you can just stand and enjoy, boy, you are going to be rolling back down that mountain. Nothing is handed to you for free without effort. So we can't just show up and be consumers. We can't just show up and be an audience expecting a spectacle and a show. We can't listen. We can't be passive and become the church God wants us to become. Each one of us sitting here today has a choice to make. Are we going to sit off in the shadows in the forest and just watch to see what happens? Or are we going to engage and help to build the congregation that Christ commands us to become? You have a choice to make. Will you help build a holy, healthy, humble, spiritual community? We each have to make that choice. When it comes to the past 14 years as a church, we launched in 2009. I can tell you that God has grown our church. He has humbled our church, challenged us, changed us. We have seen many seasons of church life. I can tell you when our congregation got hit by a car, spiritually, I'm speaking, figuratively, emotionally, when it was, bam, whoa, what's going to happen now? 
I can tell you when our church got hit by a bus. I can tell you when our church got hit by a train. I can even tell you when we got hit by a meteor. And it was God humbling us, growing us, challenging us, teaching us, sifting us. It's by God's grace that we are still here. And it's by God's grace that we will continue to become a holy, healthy, humble, spiritual community. Now, we have to learn this from the church in Acts, which, boy, did they get a lot of things right. And when they got it wrong, God showed up and continued to build the church. That gives us hope. So what lessons can we learn from Acts 2, 42 to 47? And we'll get to another passage as well in Acts 4. Well, write this down. They gathered daily for worship and teaching. They gathered daily for worship and teaching. It says in 42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship. They got together, verse 46, day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes. They got together every day for worship and teaching. Not monthly, not weekly, daily. Do you know that church attendance is plummeting in the United States right now? Do you know Christians are choosing to not go to church even once a month? Maybe once every other month. Christians are choosing to not meet together. It's part of a trend. America is becoming less religious overall. Do you know, for the first time a few years ago, for the first time in 80 years, under 50% of Americans belonged to a church, a mosque, or a synagogue. Did you hear that? It's staggering. For the first time in 80 years of recorded stats, under 50% of Americans belong to a church, a mosque, or a synagogue. Religious participation and affiliation is plumbing in our nation. What future are we going to hand to our children and our grandchildren? And Christians, what future are we building if we don't even commit to coming to church, which is where it all begins? When it comes to gathering the early church daily for worship and teaching God together, I would love for you to challenge yourself this month in February to commit to a four-week streak. I'm going to get to church four weeks in a row, the entire month. Maybe this is the first month you've gotten to church the entire month in a long time. If you're healthy and you're in town, commit to getting to church in person. There are many, who, over 100, who join us online each week, and we're grateful for them. It's for a variety of reasons. They're traveling. Their schedule's different. Please, if you're sick, don't come and share. Amen? <laughs> All right? Sneeze onto your screen, not onto your neighbor from home. But we want to do better as a church at getting to church every week, online or in person. Will you take the challenge of the, the four-week streak in February every week, I'm here if I'm healthy and I'm in town. This is how we devote ourselves to holiness, health, and humility. We have to get together. Write this down. They prayed together and the ground shook. They prayed together and the ground shook. Uh, when it comes to the Lord working in their midst, they had incredible power. This shows up in chapter 4. You can look ahead to chapter 4. That part is in chapter 4. Uh, and they were praying in verse 30. It goes on to say this in chapter 4, verse 30. The end of their prayer is, While you stretch out your hand to heal, signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant Jesus. When they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken. 
And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. They prayed together and the ground shook. We must commit ourselves to praying together if we're going to be holy, healthy, and humble. Now, we have a variety of ways that we're empowering you to pray. Check in your bulletin because we're just handing out today the winter prayer calendar. This is one easy way we can pray together as a congregation. We'll put this online under the resource section for those of you who are online later today. We'll post it on Facebook as well. But this is our commitment for 31 different prayer requests. Now, some of you get real excited. You pray through all of them in a week. God bless you. You don't have to do one a week or one a day. But you could also spread this out and just pick one of these each day. Pray through it. You can pull this out at your small group. You can bring this with you to work. Uh, but this is our 31 uh, most important requests for Anchor. And if we all pray these things together, then that's a unified voice we're lifting up to heaven. So get started on the prayer calendar, and then God is going to respond to our prayers. We also launched a Pray 52 challenge. You can buy a blank deck of cards on Amazon for four or five bucks and write out your top 52 prayer requests of the year. Pick one out each week and pray for that one all week long. Keep going through the deck, but pray for one a week. It gets its week, right? And then you'll have a record of what you're praying for this year. Now, when it comes to the quality of our prayer, we're doing a two-part study in small groups right now that you can access on our YouTube page. You can do it even if you're not in a small group. It's called the prayer gears. Here's the picture. The gears of prayer. You can have a better prayer life if you make sure all five gears mentioned in the New Testament are in your prayer life. You have to pray boldly, confidently, humbly, lovingly, and persistently. So often, Christians only have two or three of the gears in their prayer life, and they're missing the other ones, and that's why your prayer life isn't functioning properly. Sometimes people skip the boldness and confidence and go right to the humility. Oh, not my will, but yours be done. All I want is what you want. Uh, is that humble? Yes. Is it bold? No. Is it confident? No. Therefore, it's a deficient prayer life. You have to pick up the boldness gear and clunk, put it back in the machine and start asking God for things that are impossible and necessary in your life. So you have to get all the gears in your prayer life and that two-part series is what we're going through in small groups and it's available online to you. So we want to do better at praying together so that God shakes the ground. This week we're going to call for a week of prayer and fasting, which means we want you at least one day or one meal or however much time you have, any time between now and next Sunday, set aside some time for prayer and fasting. It's great for you to get this out and set aside some time this week, any time. You don't have to be like, well, when should I do it? I don't care. You can start it this afternoon. But between now and next Sunday, I want you to set aside some time for prayer and fasting as you make your way through this. Let's get after it as a church. They prayed together, and the ground shook. Reading on in verse 32 of chapter 4, Now the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul. No one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own. But they had everything in common. And with great power, the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. There was not a needy person among them. For as many as were owners of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold, and laid it at the apostles' feet. It was distributed to each as any had need. Thus Joseph, who was also called by the apostles Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, a Levite, a native of Cyprus, sold a field that belonged to him, and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Wow. Jot this down. They took care of each other. They took not a needy person among them. 
They took care of each other. The best way to take care of each other in church today is to be involved in group life. Either get into a Bible study or a small group or uh, get into a women's ministry group, whatever you do, some targeted study. Being around other Christians is the best way to take care of each other. Do you have a small group? Do you have a Bible study that you've committed to? We'll share more stats later, but do you know 77% of the members in this church are committed to a small group or a Bible study? Now, that's a real good number, but we would love for 100% of our members to be committed to a Bible study or small group. Do you know just 27% of our regular attenders are committed to a small group or a Bible study on a regular basis? That is far too low. Can we at least get to 50? Can we get 50% of the people who would regularly attend this church say, you know what, I'm going to get into a group right now this year. That's how you take care of each other, pray for each other. It's been said that you will run faster alone but you will run farther together. Oh, you might be able to get faster if you're not encumbered with other people around you or group commitment. You can get a lot more done, but you're not going to get as far. Trust me, over the long haul, more community will result in more endurance. You'll get farther. You'll get farther. You might have to slow down, but that's part of growing. So we would love for you to take care of other Christians. That happens when you're plugged in and connected. Maybe you feel like you failed in this area. Maybe you feel like you're not moving forward. And um, it's okay to feel stuck, right? Here's a picture of what it feels like to be stuck, right? Maybe you feel like that's my spiritual journey right now. I'm going nowhere. Here's another picture of somebody who got stuck. Maybe that's why you couldn't find what you needed at Target, right? Stuck. Yeah, that, maybe that's you right now spiritually. And I would say the fastest way to get unstuck is to get into a group and commit to going. If you feel stuck, it's because you're not taking care of others and you're not letting others take care of you. That's why you feel so alone and defeated. Hey, lessons learned. And this is a real, of course, as you see, we've already gone through these passages. This is what's called a recap. Jot this down. They resolved conflict. They resolved conflict. One really fast way to freeze your spiritual growth is when you have a problem or a disagreement, when you have hurt feelings or things don't go how you want, you leave without trying to resolve conflict. Make the decision now that you will resolve any and all conflict in a mature and biblical manner, regardless of the offense. So you don't make that in the moment when you get that text, oh, how dare she talk to me that way? That's it. She's dead to me, right? You make the decision now. I will resolve any and all conflict in a mature and biblical manner, regardless of the offense. Then when the time comes, you're not like, I don't wanna. You know, you've already made the decision that you're gonna be a peacemaker, which is who Jesus wants you to become. So these are the lessons learned, and that's found in other passages here. From the early church, they gathered daily for worship and teaching, prayed together, ground shook, took care of each other, and they resolved conflict. So jot this down, looking back and ahead at Anchor in here, I'm encouraged in here by the progress that we've seen, not only in our ministries, but also in our time in God's Word. So a couple things that haven't been mentioned yet, we've launched some new ministries last fall, which are really awesome. Uh, Bill and Maria Ibarra launched Adultish. One of our goals was to launch a ministry to young adults. That's been going really well. And then uh, we launched a ministry called Little Lights, right? Crystal Sazowski launched that. And David Lee launched a ministry called True Face for leaders. 
and then Victoria launched Grief Share. So we've, we've become better at ministering to God's people through a variety of new ministries. That's been a great encouragement. Our last sermon series was Let's Go Change the World. It's obviously an out there series that we just went through. So now we're balancing that, and we're going to go into a series that focuses on in here. And here's uh, kind of a, a draft of what the sermon series could look like, but it's going to be called The Emotionally Healthy Church. This is going to be our next sermon series leading through Easter. It's going to be uh, a series that takes us into our own hearts. How can we be healthy uh, emotionally when it comes to our relationship with God and others? And then how can that spread to our relationships in the church and the world around us? You can see how we're balancing our let's go change the world with what's going on in here, right? So we are going to talk about how we can pursue emotional wellness, and that's going to be our small group curriculum as well. I'm happy that Pastor Bob's working on a marriage strengthening plan. We're raising up mentor couples who, if you say, you know what, our marriage needs a little work or a little extra work or a lot of work, we want to be ready to take uh, wherever you're at to start there and to help you move forward. And we believe in Christ there is hope for every marriage, no matter where you're starting at right now. Do you believe that? We believe in Christ there is hope for every marriage, no matter where you're starting at right now. So wherever you're at, there is help, and we want to be the ones who can offer you that help. So our strategic plan in here is much larger than I can cover right now. If you haven't gotten on the website and read the whole seven-part thing, you'll learn more about what we're going for in here. So I hope you're excited about in here. We're becoming a holy, healthy, humble, spiritual community. We've got a long way to go, but God is hard at work in here. Let's transition and talk about out there. Jot this down. Out there, we are reaching half a million people in 40 cities over the next thousand days for the glory of Christ. We have a passion for the people in our community. When we launched our vision last year, we realized that we put all of our members and regular attenders on the map. So there's a dot where you live if you are a member or a regular attender. We've got our primary radius is about a seven-mile radius as a church. Because of the internet, they can do calculations, and the internet told us that a seven-mile radius of Anchor Palis contains 500,000 people. Now, our people are already out there living, breathing, moving next to all these people. So we said, we affectionately refer to this now as Anchor Lake. This is Anchor Lake. And we said, well, according to the Bible, how many of those half a million people does God want us to reach with the gospel? Well, what do you think the answer is? All of them. So our goal is to reach half a million people, and we touch 40 different cities. And we have our, our people who are kind of in anchor ponds, like out here. You're not at Anchor Lake, but you are the satellites. we got people all the way up near the city. And so we are thrilled that we're a regional church and we want you to see this as we are all gathering together in here to go back out there to reach people with the gospel. You have an assignment, your street, your neighborhood, your block. You can get out there and invite people to church. Or we launched a website called findgodagain.com because people way up here, are they really going to even know about Anchor Church if they get some invite? Probably not. So for those outliers, we've got a way for you to drive people to our outreach website findgodagain.com, where they can have an impact with the gospel right there same day. So we want you to say, hey, this is my part of the lake, and I'm going to go fishing. I'm going to get out there and serve people. I'm going to get out there and tell them the love of Christ. And we're, of course, constantly finding ways to get into our big city 
because the nations are there waiting to hear the gospel. This is where our vision comes from. We're reaching half a million people in 40 cities over the next thousand days for the glory of Christ. Write this down. There are some lessons learned in Acts out there. The church in Acts modeled for us in here what church looked like and out there, how they got out there. So you can write this down. They became bold witnesses. They became bold witnesses. Now, the key word there is became. Uh, how many of the apostles? The apostles! Do you read Revelation? Their names are going to be written on the foundation of heaven. All right. They're kind of a big deal. Jesus built his church on them. How many of them showed up to watch Easter actually happen? None of them! They were all unbelieving, cowering in fear, and they had to become bold witnesses, and Jesus turned them into bold witnesses by his Spirit. So if you feel like you lack confidence or courage in talking to others about Christ, join the club! They showed us how God transformed them. They became bold witnesses. Peter's starting point uh, was he was, first of all, uh, a boaster, though I'll forsake you. I will never forsake you. I'm ready to die with you. And that little servant girl was like, aren't you one of his disciples? Never knew him. No, I mean, you were with him. Have never seen this man in my life. You're one of them. You sound like them. I swear on everything holy, I don't know Jesus Christ. What a team. What a team of losers that Jesus started with. And look what he turned them into. So if there's hope for Peter, Paul, I'm going to write most of the New Testament with Paul. That guy over there who's killing Christians, he's the one. Uh, talk about a bad starting point. The quarterback of your team is a murderer? Yes. Oh, well, if Paul could get on the right track, surely you can. What about Apollos? Gifted communicator shows up, and he's only got part of the gospel. So he's like half right. So they pull him aside. They're like, you're doing so good, but we're going to finish your training. You know, like Jedi stuff. How humble he was. He was like Alexandrian trained, right? Like Oxford guy. And he listened to these people and learned and started saying the right things about Jesus. This is a portrait of how God can make you an effective, bold witness. But it happens over time. I love where they went. Check this out. Here's some pictures of where they went. Paul uh, ended up in Rome where he was going to share the gospel with Caesar and then in Ephesus, you know, uh, they, they appeared at the Areopagus. There were these wonderful places where the church was all around and they were talking about Jesus in places like that, but they all started in a really terrible place. So there is hope for each one of us. Remember, Jesus is the MVP. All you are is a very small assist, okay? That's all you are. Jesus does the work. I remember... Back in the Michael Jordan era, uh, when Jordan scored his career high 69 points in a game, he rocked it. And then after the game, the rookie, Stacy King, who got in for like one play, talked to the reporters. And they're like, well, how did you feel about the game? Stacy King said this, I will always remember this as the night that Michael Jordan and I combined to score 70 points. <laughs> he scored one. Okay. That's you. I will always remember that this is the night that Jesus and I combined to lead somebody to Christ. Yeah, you did practically nothing. You like went like that. But, but how can they hear if we don't go? 
Okay, so we got to do our little one-point part, right? We've got to do that. But all glory goes to Christ. They became bold witnesses. Jot this down. They went everywhere with the love and truth of Christ. They went everywhere with the love and truth of Christ. It was amazing. Here's a map of Paul's journeys. Uh, and this is his third missionary journey. Look what I got. <laughs> and so he's drew third missionary journey. Look at where they went with the gospel all over the ancient world. Corinth here, Thessalonica, Berea, Philippia, they went to Asia. All these churches are, uh, became church planting churches. Ephesus was huge. They went everywhere with the gospel out there. How cool is that? So where will you go with the gospel? To your street, will you put door hangers up to 20 people in your neighborhood? We've got them out there on the wall. Will you just go next door? Just put something in the mailbox or hang it on the door. Give somebody a chance to come to church. Will you go next door? Will you go to a city event when we have one? Will you go to your family, to your work, and somehow show and tell them the love of Christ? Will you go on a mission trip this summer? Will you go on a work relief trip to a disaster area? Where are you going to go? I hope the answer is not nowhere. I'm going to Netflix. Let's do better than Netflix, amen? I'm going to go somewhere like the early church went everywhere with the love and truth of Christ. Write this down. They endured great suffering and didn't quit. They endured great suffering and didn't quit. Here's the list of things that Paul suffered just on his way to Rome. This is after three mission trips, but check it out. Here's Paul's great list of suffering. Mob attack in the temple, almost tortured by Romans. Sanhedrin trial ended in chaos. Forty assassins planned to kill him. Stealth night military transfer. Then hearings before Felix, Drusilla, Festus. Then they tried to ambush him again. Then Festus tried a crooked retrial. Then he appealed to Caesar. Then King Agrippa II saw. Then lost at sea, shipwreck. Roman soldiers marooned on Malta, fatal snake bite. Safe arrival in Rome where he told Nero, the psycho, about Jesus. What are you going to endure for the sake of the gospel? They endured great suffering and didn't quit. We must never lose heart. So write this down. Looking back and ahead at anchor out there, of course, during the winter, the last 100 days, it's a little harder to get out there. You know what I'm talking about? So we don't have like a lot of stuff we actually did outdoors. We were planning some things, but we did hand out material and we did some online campaigns to drive traffic to the Find God Again website. We had powerful stories that were posted, including Alma Tulis's Christmas story. If you haven't heard that, that's a touching one that we put up on the Find God Again Facebook page. Decision Point, and we're not going to show the video, we're just going to show the picture, Josh, but the Decision Point founder, Warren Willis, passed away, which was truly a, a sad moment, but he is in glory, and Mark Hobson, the director, and I were at the hospital with him uh, just about a month before he passed away. His vision for reaching the next generation with the gospel is spreading coast to coast. At high schoolers all over the country are sharing the gospel boldly out there and in our community because he cast a vision for them. They are rising up and transforming their generation. Now what's coming up ahead? Well, we need writers to write written content for the Find God Again website. So if you are a writer and you want to learn to write maybe like five devotions um, a month, we would love for you to submit written content uh, like 200 word submissions for that. 
We also are going to have summer um, trips, both uh, we, we're hoping to offer a summer global missions trip and also regional, and then also in the city of Chicago. We want to offer back to our Bible clubs again this summer. Many of you have gotten into parades, street fairs, fests, farmers markets to spread out information, hand out tracts, share the gospel. So we are looking for ways, whether you are in the south, central, or north region, we want you to tell us the best way to impact your region, and then to collaborate with the people who are already around you to get out there to show the love of Christ and to serve other people and to even do some evangelism. So each region could give us some of your best ideas. We want you to know also that Easter is early this year. So the sooner you start inviting people to church for Easter, the better. Uh, Easter's early, so we want to get the word out as that's one of our, usually our highest attendance, attendance service of the year. And one last thing I want to do before we um, finish up and then head into a time of uh, an update here. Um, also, the worship team, we are going to, where's the worship? We're going to take out the last song today for the sake of time. So somebody tell the worship team we are not doing the last song. Okay, so the last thing I want to do is this. When we launched this vision, we had everybody in the church outside on the front lawn, and we gave you a way to say, I'm on board. I'm going to go and do whatever I can to get the gospel out there. And we handed out these ribbons, find God again. Find God again, Isaiah 6, 8, here I am, send me. Raise your hand if you got one of these ribbons. Raise your hand if you have it. This was your way of saying, look, it's, it's the long game. So it's not like you're saying you're going to stand on the corner of your street wearing a sandwich board that says you're all going to perish. You're going to find your way. But you're committing to saying, I'm going to go sent out there. And then we cut the ribbon and we sent you out to your neighborhood to pray for your neighbors. Now, if you have not gotten a ribbon, this is for anyone. This is for if you're an out-of-towner. This is just your way of saying, you know what? I'm committing to say, Lord, here I am. Send me. Now, I've got 20 of these ribbons that we already cut up for the sake of time. So if you don't have a ribbon and you want one, I want you to come up here right now and I'm going to give you a ribbon. This is your way of saying, okay, God, here I am. Send me. So come on up right now. There's only 20, so you could miss your opportunity if you're not careful here, okay? And then if you don't get a ribbon, I'm only going to have like a little mint to give you or something. So, okay, here you go. Now you got to stay here for a second. You got to stay here for a second. Nope, you got to stay here. Come on, you can't leave. That's fine, then get your friend up here. All right, stay up here just for a second because we, we, we actually say it. Come on up, come on up. Get your ribbon. Who else wants one? This is you saying, Lord, send me. I don't know where you're going to go. Maybe you're going to go to... Uh, maybe you're going to go to Bedford Park. Maybe you're going to go to Bridgeview. I don't know. Who else needs a ribbon? Come on up if you don't have it. This is your way of saying, Brookfield, here I am. Send me, right? Crestwood, wherever you are. Orland, Tinley, where are you at? All right, come on up. There you go. You got to stand up here for a second. Oh, all right, one more. There you go, little man. Well done. All right. All right. Now, you got to say it, right? We're going to say Isaiah 6, 8. Your line is... Here I am, send me. Not yet, not yet. Ready? I'm going to count to three. So hold it up. Hold it up. On the count of three, you're going to say it. Ready? One. Now you got to mean it. All right? <laughs> Two. Three. Here I am, send me. Let's give these people a round of applause. All right. You can go ahead and sit down. All right. I'm going to formally close this service in prayer, and then we invite our members and regular attenders to stay after for 10 minutes. We just have a few more updates for you, but let's pray. Jesus, here we are. Send us.
In here, make us a holy, healthy, humble, spiritual community. Out there, help us to reach half a million people with the gospel in 40 cities over the next thousand days for the glory of Christ. Jesus, apart from you, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. We pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. All right, in one minute, we're going to start the uh, after-service update. So thank you to everybody who is here. We'll see you again next week. God bless you, everybody. Members and regular tenders, stay. We're going to start in just a minute. We'll do another update. It'll be real quick. God bless everybody.